Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the History AI Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. And I'm Marco. We're diving deep into one of the most significant battles of World War I today, the Battle of Tannenberg. That's right. And to help us dive into the nitty-gritty, we have a special guest today, our resident military historian CJ. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me Chuck and Marco. Always a pleasure to delve into history with you too. Before we dive in, let's set the stage. Chuck, what had been going on in the war before Tannenberg? Europe was in chaos. The assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand in 1914 set off a chain reaction, and the great powers of Europe were at each other's throats. We saw the Western Front take shape, but the Eastern Front, where Tannenberg took place, was equally crucial. True. On the Eastern Front, the Russian Empire and the German Empire were the main players. All right, let's talk planning. CJ, what can you tell us about the preparations leading up to Tannenberg? The Germans anticipated a two-front war. They had the Schlieffen plan for the West, but the East was a bit reactive. They knew the Russians would come, but they didn't expect them so soon. The Russians, feeling pressure to relieve their allies like France, started mobilizing two armies, the first army led by General Paul von Rennenkampf and the second army under General Alexander Samsonov. Talk about putting all your eggs in one basket. Or should I say, two baskets. More like sending all your bears charging in. True that. The Germans on the other hand, had the 8th Army under General Maximilian von Prittwitz. But after some initial setbacks, leadership changed hands. Enter Generals Paul von Hindenburg and Erich Ludendorff. Ah, the dynamic duo. Now onto the objectives? The Russians aimed to threaten Germany's eastern borders. They hoped a quick offensive would force the Germans to move troops from the Western Front. But coordination between the two Russian armies was poor, and that's what the Germans capitalized on. In events that unfolded? Day by day, let's break it down. All right, let's take a dive into day one, August 26, 1914. Set the scene for a CJ. Picture this, vast landscapes, the ominous atmosphere of imminent battle, and the fog of war hanging in the air. Renenkamp's first army had made some initial progress, but by the 26th, they seemed to have slowed down. There were whispers that Renenkamp was being overly cautious, perhaps due to the heavy losses they faced earlier at the battles of Gumbinen. And wasn't there some sort of personal feud between Renenkamp and Samsonov? There was. Historians believe there was no love lost between the two, stemming from a previous conflict in the Russo-Japanese War. This might have impacted their willingness, or lack thereof, to coordinate. Meanwhile, the Germans were getting antsy. Exactly. The German Eighth Army, initially defensive, saw an opportunity. Samsonov's Second Army was pressing on, perhaps a bit too eagerly. Their southern flank in particular, was vulnerable. German scouts reported this vulnerability, and by the afternoon, the German commanders decided to exploit it. The 17th Corps and 1st Reserve Corps were given orders to launch an attack on Samsonov's left flank. What was the atmosphere like among the Russian troops? Tense. They were on foreign soil, and while they had numbers, there was an underlying sense of uncertainty. Their communication lines were already showing signs of strain. The vastness of the Eastern Front meant that units could be isolated quickly, and without the backup of Renenkamp's 1st Army, Samsonov's men knew they were taking a gamble. And on the German side? 
there was a mix of apprehension and hope. The initial stages of the war hadn't been great for the Eighth Army. But now, with intel about the exposed Russian flank, there was a sense of opportunity. The German troops moved with precision, their training evident. By nightfall, initial skirmishes had begun, setting the stage for the larger conflict that would follow in the next days. Talk about a day filled with tension and foreshadowing. Absolutely. Day one was the beginning of a series of events that would lead to one of the most significant battles on the Eastern Front. All right, let's zoom in on day two, August 27, 1914. Lay the groundwork CJ. At the crack of dawn, the sprawling Eastern Front was alive with activity. The first rays of sunlight revealed plumes of smoke from the previous day's skirmishes. Samsonov's 2nd Army was still moving forward, but there was an air of unease, as reports of German movements began filtering in. This is also when the wireless messages come into play, right? Exactly. The Russians, in what can only be described as a significant oversight, had been transmitting uncoded wireless messages. German signal units intercepted these, which gave the Germans an unparalleled insight into Russian movements and intentions. It's almost like playing poker and showing your hand to your opponent. Not a great strategy for winning, that's for sure. Definitely not. And the Germans, being the opportunists they were, decided to seize the day. Leveraging this intelligence, Ludendorff began repositioning the 8th Army, particularly the 20th Corps and the 1st Reserve Corps, aiming to strike at the Russian flanks. How did the Russian troops respond on the ground? There were sporadic but intense firefights throughout the day. The Russian infantry, known for their resilience and bravery, pushed back in many sectors. But without a clear idea of the broader situation, thanks to the compromised communications, they were fighting more reactive battles. And the Germans? The German commanders were becoming increasingly confident. With every intercepted message, they fine-tuned their tactics. Artillery barrages were more focused, and infantry assaults were well-coordinated. By the afternoon, German units were pressing hard against the Russian left, making significant inroads. It's fascinating how information, or the lack thereof, can so dramatically shift the tide of battle. Absolutely Marco. By evening, as troops on both sides dug in for the night, the strategic picture was becoming clearer. The Russians, despite individual acts of bravery and resilience, were increasingly at risk of encirclement. And for the Germans, the hope of achieving a significant victory on the Eastern Front was growing. Day 2 really set the stage for the dramatic events that were to unfold. Right, let's take a look at Day 3, August 28, 1914. Paint us a picture CJ. Dawn on the 28th broke with an uneasy quiet, with the fog providing an eerie backdrop on the battlefield. Both sides were assessing their positions and gathering intelligence. The day before had seen the Germans making significant moves against the Russian flanks, and the momentum was palpably shifting. And the Russians? How are they feeling? By this point, the Russian Second Army was getting increasingly alarmed. Samsonov knew that without reinforcements or a shift in strategy, his army was vulnerable to being outflanked and encircled. He sent urgent messages to Renenkamp's First Army for assistance, but coordination issues and that underlying feud you mentioned earlier made swift cooperation difficult. Meanwhile, the German machine was getting into gear. Precisely. Hindenburg and Ludendorff, having gained insights from intercepted Russian communications, recognized the golden opportunity before them. The German troops, especially the 8th Army, were given orders to press harder on Samsonov's flanks. The goal was clear, envelop the Russian 2nd Army before they could react or retreat, 
it's almost like a predator closing in on its prey. An apt analogy Chuck. By midday, clashes intensified as German artillery began pounding Russian positions. The Russian troops, realizing the gravity of their situation, mounted desperate counterattacks, but the weight of German tactics and artillery was beginning to tell. There were reports of entire Russian battalions getting cut off and isolated. Were there any significant skirmishes or moments that stood out on this day? There were a few. One notable instance was near the village of Tannenberg itself, where a fierce artillery duel took place. German guns targeted Russian supply lines, causing havoc and further straining the already tenuous Russian communication lines. And as night fell? As darkness descended, a sense of desperation permeated the Russian ranks. Samsonov, getting fragmented reports from the front, tried to reorganize his units for a potential breakout. The Germans, sensing victory, began tightening their grip, setting up for a larger encirclement maneuver. The stage was set for the catastrophic events of the next day. The tension is palpable even now, over a century later. All right, and into day 4, August 29, 1914. Give us a vivid start CJ. As the sun emerged on the 29th, the Eastern Front was a panorama of chaos and determination. The echoes of artillery shells, the distant rattle of gunfire, and the haunting cries of wounded soldiers created an unsettling orchestra. The fog of the morning gave an almost ethereal atmosphere to the sprawling battlefield. How did the Russian Second Army fare at this point? Samsonov's forces were in a dire situation. The German pincer movements from the previous days were now threatening a full encirclement. Communication breakdowns from earlier meant that many Russian divisions were unaware of the broader tactical situation. Some units were running low on supplies, further worsening morale. Meanwhile, the German Eighth Army? They were in their element. Hindenburg and Ludendorff, with a clear picture of the battlefield and boosted by their recent successes, were pressing their advantage. The German 20th Corps, led by General Friedrich von Schultz, was particularly effective, pushing deep into Russian lines and creating further disarray. Were there any specific confrontations or notable events on this day? Indeed. A significant event took place near the Allenstein region. A large contingent of Russian troops tried to break free from the encirclement, leading to intense fighting. This clash saw fierce hand-to-hand -hand combat, with bayonets and even entrenching tools used as weapons. The Russians displayed great courage, but the German defensive positions, backed by relentless artillery, proved overwhelming. The desperation of the situation must have been palpable. Absolutely. By late afternoon, it was evident to Samsonov that his army was in grave danger. Desperation led to some Russian units even turning on each other in confusion, mistaking friendly units for the enemy in the thick fog and smoke. And the German command? They sensed the imminent victory. As night fell, Ludendorff began preparing for the final push, aimed at completely closing the noose around the Russian Second Army. Orders were given for units to consolidate and resupply, ready for what they hoped would be the decisive day of battle. The stage was set for a climactic day five. The weight of the impending actions must have weighed heavily on both sides. And into the final day, day 5, August 30, 1914. Set the stage CJ. This is the climax of the Battle of Tannenberg. Dawn on the 30th brought with it a mix of despair and hope. The vast stretches of the Eastern Front echoed with the ominous sounds of a tightening noose. Birds took flight as shells burst and the ground shook. The Russian Second Army, disoriented, low on supplies, and fragmented, was now fighting more for survival than for any strategic position. And Samsonov, 
General Samsonov was in an unenviable position. Aware of the impending disaster, he tried rallying his troops for one final push. There were instances where Russian soldiers, displaying unparalleled bravery, charged at German lines, hoping to break the encirclement. But without a coordinated strategy, these efforts while valiant, were mostly in vain. The German 8th Army must have sensed the endgame. Absolutely. Hindenburg and Ludendorff, with the confidence of commanders holding the better cards, orchestrated a symphony of movements to close off any Russian escape routes. The German artillery was relentless, targeting any substantial gathering of Russian forces. The 1st Reserve Corps in particular, was pivotal in pushing deep, severing key communication lines for the Russians. Were there any poignant moments or notable confrontations on this day? A particularly heart-rending moment was near the village of Frajina. A large contingent of Russian soldiers, realizing they were surrounded, mounted a desperate final stand. With their backs to the dense woods, they defended fiercely, causing significant casualties to the German forces. However, outnumbered and outgunned, they eventually succumbed. Stories from that stand spoke of soldiers singing hymns and patriotic songs in their final moments. That's gut-wrenching. Indeed. By late afternoon, it was clear the Russian Second Army was defeated. Small pockets of resistance persisted, but the larger strategic battle was lost. Despair permeated the Russian ranks. General Samsonov, unable to bear the weight of the massive defeat, wandered off into the woods. He would take his own life that night, a tragic end to a harrowing battle. The weight of command, especially in defeat, is unimaginable. Absolutely. The Battle of Tannenberg, particularly this final day, stands as a testament to the horrors of war, the bravery of individual soldiers, and the significant impact of leadership and strategy. It was a day that would be remembered for generations. Such tragic events. Any heroes from this battle we should know about? On the German side, Hindenburg and Ludendorff were hailed as national heroes. On the Russian side, countless soldiers displayed courage against overwhelming odds. Tactics? The Germans used superior intelligence, radio interceptions, and the ability to move troops rapidly via their extensive rail network. They managed to encircle and destroy the Second Army. For the Russians, unfortunately, poor communication and coordination were their undoing. How about in the grand scheme of the war? Tannenberg was a massive morale booster for the Germans. For Russia, it revealed weaknesses in their command structure and strategy. It was a disaster, but they did manage to tie down German troops, which was initially their intention. Before we discuss how this battle changed the war's course and the casualties, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Wave goodbye to sugar-loaded boosts and say hello to Strike Force Energy. The energy drink additive revolutionizing how you power up, all without a single calorie or sugar. Just a squeeze, and you're set for action. Ready to make the switch? Visit StrikeForceEnergy.com. And for our listeners, spark your savings with an exclusive 20% discount. Just use code UTSALAX24 at checkout. Remember, UTSALAX24. Strike Force Energy, elevate every sip. Welcome back, folks. So, CJ, how did Tannenberg change the war's trajectory? While it was a significant victory for the Germans, the Eastern Front continued to seesaw. The war was far from over. But, the Russian defeat meant they had to regroup and rethink their strategy. And casualties? Heavy on both sides. 
The Russians lost around 30,000 killed and 125,000 taken prisoner. The Germans had about 13,000 killed and wounded. Devastating. War often is. Absolutely. Thanks CJ for that in-depth analysis. Yes, thank you CJ. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, and share our podcast. Your support means a lot. Thanks for having me. It's always great discussing history with you guys. Remember folks, you can suggest topics through our social media channels. We're here to share knowledge and history with all of you. And as always, a big thank you to our listeners. Until next time.